Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Oh my gosh, my dog. They're the best. (laughs) What's going on? Excited to be back with our besties and with my bestie. Um, This is our first episode in a couple of weeks. I was on vacation for three weeks and you were working a lot in your business that gets ramped up over the holidays. And so we're back and better than ever for 2023. We're back. I'm excited about 2023. You know, I saw, I saw, this is Danny J. I saw a couple people post um, some friends of mine that said like 2022 was the worst year ever. I always feel like I'm on the opposite. I always feel like I'm on the opposite end of that. Like when everybody's having their best year, I'm having my worst. And when everyone's having the worst, I'm having my most normal. See, I I feel like every single year there's always (laughs) a camp of somebody who's like, these were the, one of the toughest years of my life, which I think it always probably is. I definitely fell into that camp in like the 2014, 2015, Mm -hmm. 2016 time period where I was definitely relating to like every meme about, you know, everything blowing up and, you know, your entire life being overturned and all those kind of things and the lessons and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I haven't felt that way in the last few years. I've been, I've just been, everything's been regular the last few years. Yeah. Not a lot of big stuff. A lot of stuff in the business, but not a lot of volatility. (laughs) Every year, somebody's bad worst year, right? Every year. Yeah. You know what though? It's actually really fun because especially in the online space, you know, you and I have a lot of friends and peers in the space who are, um, you know, younger. We have a lot of, we have some peers that are older as well, but you know, we have a lot in that like, you know, late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties range. And it's been really fun to see a lot of them go through some really big things, you know, whether it's quote unquote good or bad, or they're getting married or they get engaged or they're having a baby or, you know, so it's been kind of fun to see that, you know, you and I did that so young, both of us got married 26, 27 years mm-hmm. old, started our businesses in late twenties, you know, so we've been around for a long time in this space. And it's been fun to see people having the experience, man. Uh, and I'm glad <laughs> I'm fucking glad it's not me for once. People having the experience. I love this time of year because I'm always waiting for all the engagements. I've seen a couple. And Danny always saves them um, to her Instagram folders. Uh, <laughs> the The reason they pop up too is because my algorithm is trained for me to see engagements. <laughs> I've actually saw a couple engagements. I'm like, I don't even know who this is, but I guess I, because now when you tag people on Instagram, it could be like a shared post. So yeah. somebody who I don't follow can show up in my feed. So yep. Anyway, that's been fun, but I wanted to talk today about some, some, I don't know, some stuff about mentors, mentorship Mm. coaches and our relationship with our coaches and mentors. This kind of came about because I was chatting with a girlfriend of mine who always tells a story about her, um, someone who changed her life, a mentor of hers who changed her life. And I happened to see, she tagged him the other day and I, I messaged her and I was like, Oh, does he still do what he used to do? And she said, no. And you know, I don't really ever tag him because he's changed his political views and I don't really like to show him off. And, and so I was like, that's interesting. Cause I also have a mentor who really changed my life as well. And I used to really um, give her a lot of credit for everything. And because she changed in ways that I just wasn't in line with, I still give her credit, but I don't really share her name as much because I didn't necessarily want to promote her. 
And I thought it could be an interesting topic mm. just to talk about how our relationships change. And I know me personally, I, I was actually thinking about a couple of clients that used to be in my masterminds that I know maybe weren't in alignment with me anymore as far as political views or social views. And I looked and I, I actually looked the other day and I'm like, oh, they don't follow me anymore. Interesting. And not surprising. And so, you know, we as coaches may change and maybe we've changed some of our clients' lives, but they no longer feel like we're for them anymore. And it mm-hmm. ha- happens to too. And so I thought it could be an interesting conversation how we can, you know, just talk about what does that look like? And can we still give credit to those people as well? Yeah. You know, it's one of uh, my favorite quotes is when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I forget, it's like a Chinese proverb or something. I don't think it's like anyone specific, mm-hmm. but the reason why I love that quote is because I can think back in my own life over the last 20 years, well, probably 25 years at this point, and find specific people who changed my life because they had the message that I needed in that moment. You know, so when I think back to, um, I don't know, like Brendan Burchard was one for me, you know, and he's obviously a huge marketer, but he was the first person I went to one of his events in 2010. And I don't know him personally, obviously, but in 2010, I went to one of his live events and it just opened up like this whole world of digital products and services that I didn't know existed as a personal trainer. I was kind of like, wait, what? Like, what is a course? What's an online course? And it was that person who like gave me the thing that I needed in that moment. And Brendan, of course, has been uh, around for a long time at this point. He's still fucking crushing and does really great work, but it's like, Everything he says now, I'm like, yeah, I needed that 10 years ago and it's a perfect time for me, but like, it doesn't really resonate with me anymore. I don't even know that I follow him on social media, I will, but I will always um, be grateful that he was the person I needed in that moment, you know? And so whether your mentors or people you've worked with, I've definitely worked with several, you know, up close and personal or ones that you haven't worked with, but people who have just provided the right message at the right time. And as, and I'm sure you have this experience too, as a mentor yourself, there are certain people who are your mentees, your clients, you can tell like, just a whole new world is opening to them as a result of working with you. And that's always really fun for me too. That's why I love working with beginners, especially in like a beginner to business program, like FBA or something like that, because like everything is new and it opens up an entire world. But to your point, a lot of those people whose lives I felt like I touched five years ago, eight years ago, 10 years ago, don't really follow me anymore. And that's okay too, because it's again, like it's whether it's a political evolution or a a spiritual evolution or an emotional evolution, they don't necessarily resonate in the same way that they did back then. And so, and I realized that we do that as well. You know, we have people that we resonate with for a certain period of time. And then we kind of like, yeah, like heard that I'm good with that. So you, so we go in and out of certain people's ecosystems, just as much as people go in and out of our ecosystems. And I love that because there is an evolution and, you know, having done this, you and I for, you know, 12 something years now, It's like not everyone's going to be along for the ride every day for 12 years, right? You get what you need and then you sort of leave or, and I do that and we do that too. So I always try and remember that as well. But yeah, it's interesting to see. And what's even more sometimes of a, like a a little bit of a mind fuck is when you kind of like, quote unquote, surpass your mentor, which, you know, Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd be interested in your take. Is that like a good thing? Is that not a good thing? Do you lose respect? Is like, what's that sort of look like? And is that okay? You know? Man, surpassing your mentor is a really interesting thing because I remember, not that she was my mentor, but uh, Monica Brandt, you know, oh, the yeah. fitness industry. I remember she was like the cover girl, like the the person, right? And I remember meeting her at um, 
an event, I think the Emerald Cup in 2007, and I got a picture with her. And this is stupid because it's literally nothing. She still is who she is. And she was in competition shape and I was competing. But I remember I took a photo with her and I was like, my abs look better than my comprehensive. <laughs> you know, she's been on like at, 100 magazine covers. Uh, yeah. At that moment, I thought that I had surpassed my mentor. <laughs> <laughs> Did not have accolades, but I had better abs than her. And like looking back now, I can just laugh about it. But, you know, you were saying before this, you know, Hermosi had said, we, if our mentor does a job right, we should be able to surpass our mentor, right? Because our mentor is helping us get like giving us the shortcut to success. So we should be able to surpass them. So I think there's something to be said about being able to, but it is kind of weird, right? I think if you, if you really looked up to somebody and then you're suddenly doing better than them, your idea changed. And I think this is like your parents too, as you start mm-hmm. to become an adult and you see somebody who you put, you held on a pedestal and then you're going, Oh, maybe they weren't as successful as they even thought they were, or they're not making as much money or they're not even that amazing. Or they have doing humanity, this. right. Or they have, yeah. humanity. I think we see that with our parents too. We're like, mm-hmm. Oh, actually maybe they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They've been just right. like, pretending for the last hour long. They've been yeah. just phoning it in or faking it. Yeah. And I, I try to look at it. Like, um, I think seeing the humanity in someone is it's, I don't know, it's a gift in a way, you know, and I'll never forget this quote. It's from a friend of ours, Elizabeth Yalto. She said, it's a cautionary tale to put someone up on a pedestal because then that means if someone's up here, that means you have to be down here. Right. Mm. And also it's like, this is why when we see celebrities who get DUIs or we see them like crash and burn or like get cheated on or whatever, it like, I don't want to say it makes us feel good, but it's like, oh, like they're just trying to do their best too. And it helps us be like, wow, this person can be extremely successful and also kind of be a fuck up just like me. (laughs) Like, You know, and it just gives you that relatedness that makes you feel like, oh, to me, that feels empowering. Like if I see someone who's like has this massive success and I can still see their humanity too. And I see that their humility even I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I can also do it. And to me, that's empowering. That's definitely like, I don't look at that. And I don't know, I don't talk shit about that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like we're all, everyone has a chance, right? We're all out here. The, the, the it's a level playing field. That's how I see it. Yeah. I, I see it that way too. I also just find it funny when we like, you know, when you were younger and you might see your teacher at a grocery store, you just see people in a certain role and it just feels weird. Like, Oh, (laughs) they have a real life. Like they eat food at home. And they, I I remember. So in 2012, I won Allie Brown's uh, entrepreneur of the year award. And I got to fly out to LA and go to her house, her like mansion, which was in, it was in Marina del Rey. Funny enough that I lived so close later, Mm -hmm. but she was like right on one of the, I don't know, the little jetties of water. And, um, it was just such this, she was just so big to me, right? She was like the first millionaire person I ever knew of. And I got to do a coaching day with her and maybe two years ago, I was on a Southwest flight and I was going to Phoenix and she was on my flight. She had no makeup on. She was a couple seats back and I had to turn around. She was sitting behind me a couple of times. I had to turn around and I was like, why does she look familiar? And I kept trying to turn around and figure it out. And then I realized it was Allie Brown. And it was just so weird for me to think she was on a Southwest flight. I was like thinking she should be on first class and Delta or something, but she's in a just Southwest flight going to Phoenix. And I know she lives in Scottsdale. And so it was just one of those also kind of like senior teacher at the grocery store, like, Oh, just a normal person, you know, flying in a plane like me. Yeah. But there's something about seeing people in their element just as normal people and going, Oh, they're not 
there's nothing special. There's nothing I can't do. And I think to your point is like seeing that they can do it means you can do it too. Mm -hmm. If you can see them in a normal light, if you can see them as just doing their, you know, running errands, getting on a flight, then, then so can you, you know, you can do anything that they can do. So that pedestal is very flimsy when you see somebody in it. And look, no one wants to be put on a pedestal, right? Like you might think it's like, I don't know, it's kind of always like fun. Like in the first years of Jillifit, I don't know, like not that I would get this a ton, but like, I don't know, every few months or something, someone recognize me at an airport or something be like, oh my God, are you Jillifit? And now I'm just like, and that's fine. Like, but also, you know, having a following on Instagram is not celebrity, right? It's mm-hmm. like you just people like looking at your shit or reading your stuff, you know, and, and you have some brand equity there, but that's really it. You know, I, um, one of my mentors is Rachel Cosgrove and I'll tell this story because she's been on the podcast and she also shared the story publicly on her own social media, I think maybe last year. Um, her and her husband have a very successful gym it's called results fitness and it's in uh, Southern California. And I know that it's been on like top 10 gyms in the country list, men's health and things like that. So it's a massively successful gym, very lucrative gym and the systems and everything they put in place is great. And partly what they do with their uh, mentorship results, fitness university is they teach other gym owners how to set up what they do. And Rachel was my first real big business mentor in 2012. I joined their mastermind and it was funny because I was the only person in the room who didn't have a gym. (laughs) So, but I just really wanted to work with Rachel. And I was like, cool, if this is the only container that I can work with you in. But at that point, Rachel was so well-read. She had done uh, mentorships with like, she had gone to, uh, what's the guy who owns Virgin Airlines? Like she had done, like gone to like Necker Island. Like she had done, like she had done a whole, yeah, she had done mentorships with like all these different big authors, like Brian Tracy and some of these people. And so she just had the, what I needed in that moment, like in terms of not only the business, like strategy and acumen, but also the business mindset. This is a woman who is strong. She's confident. She's a businesswoman. She knows her numbers. Like, and I was just like, boom, this is my mentor. This is the person I need to learn from. And year then like years passed and we obviously stayed in touch here and there, but you know, we were never like close, close friends. But then last year, two years ago, um, she lives in Southern California and she was like, hit me up. And she's like, Hey, I saw your snowboarding. She's like, Alan doesn't snowboard. So let me know if you want to go up to mammoth, which is a mountain close, close by here. And so we did, we went on like a trip, like, you know, for a few days. And it was really interesting. It was really fun to like, be able to like be more on a peer level with my mentor. And then a year later, she hit me up and said, hey, you know, with the pandemic and everything, with the gym being closed, Alan and I are really trying to go in all online stuff. She goes, and we haven't really been staying up on that stuff. Do you mind, you know, chatting about that? I think I even offered, I'm like, hey, if you want to talk through your stuff, like I'm happy to share with you, like what we do for our launches or whatever. And we got on a call and I walked her through like my entire launch formula and like gave her all these ideas on like how she can make her online launch even better. And she told that story and she was kind of, the idea was like, Hey, you might have to like put your ego aside. If you really care about doing business well, we had to like sort of our, put our ego aside, even though Jill had been one of our students at one point, we had to recognize the fact that she had surpassed us in this one realm and that we could learn from her. And that was just a really cool moment for me to see things come full circle. Now, it doesn't take away from Rachel's credibility. I'm, she'll, she's still, I talk about her all the time. Her and Alan, huge mentors of me. I always give them credit. I always talk about my first investment, how they changed my life. And it doesn't take away from it, but it's really cool to feel like this is now just a colleague of mine and even a friend, right? We'll go snowboarding together, go to dinner. It's not. And so, you know, I think appreciate the person for who they were when they were that, and then allow for the relationship to evolve. If it's going to evolve, you guys are going to get closer or maybe in your case, 
maybe you get less close because you're like, I don't want to associate with that person anymore while I can all still still appreciate who they were for me years ago. What do you think about this? <clears throat> so in my case and maybe my other friend's case where the person is maybe you don't want to be associated and we're in this big cancel culture, right? And it's mm -hmm. almost like yes. death by association. So if there's yeah. certain people who are canceled out there and you have some kind of association with them, you almost become canceled by even talking about them. Mm. How do you um, give credit to the person for who they were and also not take on their their identity of who they are now? Because I think yeah. there's, I think it's so tricky in this, uh, this climate that we're in. I, I think that, I love you asked that question because it's so good. And I don't know, I guess I personally would like to leave room for that distinction, you know, and for the nuance of that. And if someone can't hang with that nuance, which is, hey, this is someone who impacted my life at a certain point and I will be forever grateful to them. But at the same time, now our views are not aligned. Like to me, that should be fine. That should be mm -hmm. fine and doesn't mean you're canceled because you learned from them 10 years ago or five years ago, or even fucking last year, right? Like right person, right time, right message. And then you move on with your life, right? And so, yes, I think there is this feeling of like, especially if your mentor is someone who is extremely conservative, maybe even potentially racist or, you know, whatever. It's like you gave them money, right? You, mm -hmm. you paid them money at some point, which means that you're sort of funding this uh, perspective or this point of view or this life view, you know? And so that, I mean, I guess that could get a little sticky where you're like, you, you like literally are funding this person who's putting these messages out into the world. And so I could, I could understand that, but at the same time, if you don't know that at the time, and that's how you spend your money, then mm -hmm. like, how can you be crucified for doing something you did five years ago or 10 years ago when that wasn't the case? You know? Yeah. So again, I think we have to be available. I don't know who we is, but like in general, we have yeah. to be available for that conversation. And in my, honestly, in my estimation, if someone's not available for that tiny little piece of nuance, then I don't want to fucking talk to them anyway. You know what I mean? It's like at the end of the day, like mm -hmm. if they don't have the space to understand the difference in, and make that distinction, then I'm like, why are we even having this conversation? Because you are, are obviously are not willing to listen. So, so cancel me. Like at mm. the end of the day, right? Like yeah. if that's, because <laughs> what's the alternative? You know, you can say, here's what the situation was. If someone just doesn't believe you or doesn't think it's good enough, then, mm -hmm. then that's their prerogative, I guess. And you got to move on. No, I love that you said that because I, you know, it also reminded me of someone else in a mastermind we were in. And, um, you know, there's been people I've been associated with at the time that were fine. And then later on, I'm like, nope, don't really want to be associated with them anymore. But I don't want my future to be dependent on someone who I, you know, talked to or was friends with, or even just associated with years ago. And at the time, if they were fine, they were fine. So I think it's, it's more about like what you're doing now, but totally. I, I really, I like that. You like said as that. more information comes in and as you grow as a person too, mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like if you're in this space and your job is uh, online, somehow your personal brand, you are someone who invests in mentorship, like you're interested in learning and growing, you're constantly evolving with new information. Mm -hmm. So right now, as much as I like Rachel and Alan were my, some of my first mentors and I'd be forever grateful for them. I would never sign up for their mastermind right now. Right. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not the right person, right time, right message for me. So you do have to honor how you've changed 
and then realize the person who that 10 years ago person, that's not you either, right? So the, the, the you of 10 years ago resonated with that message and it's okay if you don't resonate with that right now. And I think when it comes to mentorship, it's been really fun for me and I'm sure you've had this experience as well having some people who are in my coaching programs and not necessarily even like better than me now or like growing past me or more successful than me, but just, I don't want to coach them anymore. I would rather them be my friend. You know, yeah. like, I'm like, stop paying me actually. Let's just be friends. Like mm -hmm. you've graduated this container, right? I don't want to be this person who's, who knows everything. It's like, I feel a connection to you and not, and this doesn't happen with all my coaching clients, of course, but there are certain coaching members and people I've worked with for years. Um, you know, Brad and Leslie, I would consider, you know, good friends. Um, Casey, Joe, and I have been working together for three plus years now. I'd consider her a good friend. And these people, I'm just like, I would, if I was in their town, I'd be like, Hey, let's go grab a drink. Let's grab yeah. coffee. Not because it's work or networking because they're my friend. And so I like when, and this doesn't happen with someone who just works with me for like six months. It just doesn't. Right. Oh. This happens with someone who's been working with me for like two, three, four years. I'm like, we're friends now. Like, yeah. let's not be in this like paid container anymore. You don't need to pay me for mentorship. Let's just be friends. And I love when that evolves and, and that doesn't evolve with everybody. Cause you have to, again, you're on like a personality level and you really genuinely need to hang, need to like, feel like you're getting something out of this relationship too. Otherwise it's still gonna be a mentorship. Right. Um, but as soon as you feel like you're gleaning something from it as well, it becomes easy to hang out with this person. Then at that point, it's it kind of goes past the whole like payment container. I don't know if you've had that experience too, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I've had quite a few clients that have become you know friends. I mean, Elizabeth Fay, who's on who's been on the show a couple of times. She originally was a coaching client of mine, and now she's just a really good friend. And you know, she still comes to me for advice, and it's funny because sometimes she'll call me and she's like, "Hey, I want to call you as a." I want to talk to you as a friend. Like <laughs> we separate like today I need to talk to you as a coach or something. But I think most of the time we're as a we're on a as a friend level. It's been, you know, five, six years. So it's completely Yeah, and different. it's not like you need to earn it. Like I don't want to yeah. say like, yeah, you need to like you need to pay me for three years for being yeah. friends but you just don't have enough time with someone you work with for six months. Mm -hmm. You know, as much as I love my clients and we're so, uh, my, a lot of my clients are so similar to me, otherwise it wouldn't be in the container, right? We're all very similar. We have the same energy or vibe or whatever, but you know, at, it's like six months isn't a long enough time to get to know the person to be like, hell yeah. You know, Shantae was, she bought, purchased something of mine like very early on. And I, she actually did a testimonial for me um, very early on. Like we weren't really friends at that point. And then afterwards I was like, dude, you know, so much awesome stuff. Like stop paying me for my stuff. Like, yeah, you know, let's come and speak at my event and whatever. And it evolved into a friendship. But, you know, I think you also have to feel like that person has, I don't want to say evolved because that makes it sound better than, but they've gotten to a level where they can provide something of value too. Yeah. And I don't mean to, it doesn't need to be a tit for tat, but you're like, oh, I learned something new too. You know, oh, like that's really yeah. cool. Maybe someone just reads research and like, you know, Danny Coleman is a prime example for us. Danny Coleman's been on this podcast three times and he's my brother, obviously. But, you know, when he was 20, and I was 29, I was his mentor. I was like, here's some books to read and let's talk through your stuff. And like, he didn't really have a lot to add to the conversation. Now, 10 years later, he reads like, he read like 300 personal development books in like five years. And he reads a lot of research studies and he's really has his own podcast and he's really come into be this sort of expert in um, coaching and connection and soft skills and all that kind of stuff and relationships even. And so I go to him when I have something to talk about or, hey, is there a study that shows this or what's that concept in psychology where 
And so, and he shared with me a couple of months ago, he's like, you know, I feel like we're like on the same level at this point. He goes, I don't really feel like you're like a mentor to me. You talk down to me or whatever. Like, he's like, I feel like you come to me and ask for like advice and you listen to it. I'm like, yeah. So it's really cool to have even someone that close to me where the relationship changes, whether it's again, it could be a parent or a sibling or whatever. Yeah. But I think it's okay to honor that. Right. Now, you know, it's, I personally don't like love always being in the mentorship role. Right. I would love mm -hmm. to have people who like were able to fill up my cup as well. And I think that's beautiful when that happens. I really love that. I love that. And it does, I think being the mentor and being the mentee and seeing your mentor kind of come to a human level is one feeling, but being the mentor and seeing your, your mentee rise up is a different level. I think it's, it gives you a level of pride, some satisfaction and just like fun. You know, it's kind of, maybe it's like being a parent and having your kids grow up and now you could talk to them as friends instead of being the mom and like mm -hmm. punishing them. Now you get to hang out with them. So mm -hmm. I think it could be really cool and it's a great evolution of a relationship and you don't always have to have status and tears in these, yes. in these kind of things. I agree. So a good one anyway yeah well, uh, and by the way you guys if you're listening to this and maybe you never had a mentor like go get one like pay for friends like honestly i know we talk about that a lot danny i talk about investment and stuff you know whether it's a couple hundred bucks or a couple thousand bucks or more than that I do believe that if you have a goal to even just become better as a person, you know, and like really evolve as a human and be your best self and live your best life and do all those things, whether or not it has a business capacity or not, I do think there's so much value. One of my very first mentors was someone I worked with. And then my second mentor was like a kind of a mindset coach, like help me through my relationship stuff. So it doesn't always have to be about elevating your business or making more money or generating more revenue or making more impact. But maybe you just need someone who you feel like has that aspirational lifestyle or is in the world a way that you want to be. And I think mentorship is, um, is so important and and I also think you'll know who the right person is and that might change over time. So if you've never considered having a mentor, maybe reach out to someone and just say, and that's how I, I started working with Rachel. She didn't wasn't launching a program. I reached out and said, hey, I don't know if you do coaching, but I'm looking for someone to help me as a business mentor and you have what I'm looking for. Do you do this? So you don't need to wait for someone to open up their coaching or open up a program. You could literally approach someone who you feel like you want to learn from and say, Hey, would you be open to mentoring me for the next six months, the next 12 months? Would you be into, is that something that you could potentially do? I don't know if you offer that, but I would love to just learn under you. And I would love to have an ongoing conversation with you and, you know, share with you some of my goals and dreams and what that might look like. And how do I start to really elevate myself? Like this is a, a, a really big part of just evolving as a human. And I would definitely encourage you if you've never had that or never felt like you had that, go and buy it, literally go and buy it. I love it. Ways to spend your money in 2023, AKA invest, do it. All right, y'all. Well, would love, Hey, would love to have some reviews here. Y'all. We got a new one. I'm going to call you out. Oh, we did. We did get oh, one. I need to look it up then. Well, uh, thank you for the new review. And if you have, let's get some more, let's get some more before the end of the year. Love y'all. I'm excited to have a new year with you and we'll see you on the next episode. Me too. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.